like this is the one that we really celebrate very actively. Of course, we do Diwali and uh, you know tons of things during the year, but this is the one where you know like the entire family is like you know on point. Like <laughs> that's nice, actually. Devi worship has that thing. Yeah, which is why I think like it's awesome that we're doing like a female guest on the show like during Navratri. I think that's brilliant, right? Like, oh my god, I'm so privileged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm super delighted to have author of two books now, Sai Swarupayar, joining me on the show today. We're going to be talking about publishing in India, a little bit about her journey as well. It's Saturday, September 23, and this is Trishti Talk. Uh, Sai Swarupa, welcome on the show. Thank you, thank you, Chirag. I'm really delighted to interact with you. I'm delighted um, that it's happening uh, during this auspicious occasion of Navratri. Exactly. I think uh, well, what what better occasion, right, to talk about your work, especially considering the the dharmic angle to it. Um, I don't know if you came across. Uh, in fact, just this morning, uh, Swaraja has published a piece by um, Alok Kumar, uh, where he says, you know, the time is like perfect now for dharmic fiction to take over. Uh, so I- oh, yes. I just, uh, you know, happened to read it because even, uh, you know, Alok happened to forward it to me as well. And uh, I guess I agree with him on many fronts. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, let, let's start with, with your journey first. So you were you were an investment. That's what you were doing full time. Uh, and then you... you- becoming an author uh, what 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 triggered that oh becoming an author was there in my mind i guess uh, you know from a very long time i just took i just took my own time realizing it uh, whereas investment banking uh, you know actually not i i worked with a venture capital firm you know not uh, an i bank uh, so that was a job and unfortunately i loved my job <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of others have the luxury of their job and you're not turning to acting, but you know, but uh, yeah, I really liked my job because the best part of it was I got to meet entrepreneurs and everybody has a solution uh, for some problem, unlike you know, many other professions where you hear only problems. So, uh, yeah, so I think in a way, you know, apart from family and uh, uh, the reading that the family inculcated me into, uh, even my job had a role in inspiring me to become an author. So I do have uh, some inspiration. I do carry some inspiration from uh, VC industry as well whenever I uh, write. No, that's wonderful. Um, was, was it something, I mean, so you mentioned that you've had a little bit of a writing streak in you, like from the beginning. Uh, but what was there a specific event, for example, that triggered the move? It was just you just started writing on the side, and then since it became a thing, you decided that's what you wanted to focus on. Uh, it's I used to love, and uh, you know, even now I love Telugu literature a lot. The you know, given the Raphael, and uh, my favorite happens to be Andhra uh, Mahabhagavatam by Bhamira Potana. So if uh, you observe the differences between the Sanskrit Bhagavatam and uh, Potanas Andhra Mahabhagavatam. Uh, it's like, you know, the poet has poured a lot of emotional value into the each of the poems, and that has actually enhanced the meaning that, you know, the Vyas Bhagavan would have wanted us to 
imbibe. So that the poetical uh, angle was something which always intrigued me. And uh, back in my 2008 or something, that was when I was introduced to this uh, series called Krishnavatara, which was written by K.M. Munshi. Right. That was, uh, you know, I call that as a trigger because, you know, that's a, that's what I call as a perfect combination of uh, ancient knowledge combined with, you know, the poetic liberty, right? And uh, I think that's what inspired me to write my story as well. Uh, I owe, owe a lot of my, the perseverance to my husband and my mother because you know, they were like a constant source of encouragement for me. Well, I won't actually talk about both your books, but we'll talk a little bit about Amishi first because that's the one that you're you're uh, you know you're currently talking about and and so on. Um, tell us a little bit about like the you know the inspiration behind the book and um, and the story. Ah, the inspiration behind the book interestingly came when uh, I was writing the, a very early draft of Abhaya, uh, which is my first book. Uh, so uh, the feedback given on an early draft by a lot of author friends was to invest on the characters which uh, you know which is a feedback i value even a lot today and so while actually observing and meditating on the characters i started writing scenes which makes them which make them look real you know independent of the story plot that's uh, that's an exercise i do even today so one of uh, the exercises was to show the bonding between a father and daughter so i was uh, you know writing a scene where you know, Abhaya's father is narrating a story to Abhaya. So he's a king and a warrior, and obviously he would want his daughter to be to listen to inspirational stories. Now my challenge was Abhaya is set in the times of Mahabharata, and you know I had to find a woman who will inspire Abhaya and who has to be older mm-hmm. than you know whose times has to be older than the times of Mahabharata, right? Uh, you know, I started researching for. Some, some older woman characters, a lot of them were Rishikas and, uh, you know, philosophers. And it would be, it would be too terse to uh, narrate the story of a philosopher to a six-year-old girl. So it had to be somebody, you know, more adventurous. And so I started exploring the Rigveda, which is the oldest source of, you know, very interesting characters from our ancient past. And uh, that was when I came across this woman called Vishpala, who is a warrior. Uh, Vishpala actually means head of a settlement, right? And uh, Vishpala you, uh, loses her leg in a battle it's called Kela's battle. And she is granted a metal leg, a prosthetic leg by the twin gods Ashwinas. Actually, this is a hymn dedicated to Ashwinas. Just take a moment and uh, you know think about a woman who can fight with a prosthetic leg. That is something which we would consider a miracle. If- Even in our ages, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, that really intrigued me, and uh, you know I couldn't help you know stopping writing Abhaya and started starting fantasizing about Vishpala. I mean, you know, you know her strength, her will, and uh, you know what could have been uh, the situation which really prodded her to fight with a prosthetic leg and another discovery that I made was this is the world's first reference to the very concept of prosthesis. So even uh, you know the medical journals on the topic uh, from Israel and US have actually shared the link you know at the back of my book uh, 
in the Kindle edition. So even they speak about a lot about the Rigvedic mention of prosthesis in this. And, uh, you know, I, in a way, I was, you know, I started feeling a bit unhappy that we don't speak about it as much as we should be speaking about. So uh, that was when I decided to revisit uh, the story of Vishpala, you know, once I was uh, done publishing Abhaya. Guess the Rigvedic gods were happy with my prayer, and uh, <laughs> and we're seeing this, I think, a lot now, just because of the way uh, the conversation and discourse is going on in India in general, uh, where we're sort of going back, you know, to our roots and to our um, to a lot of things, like you mentioned. We have mentions of things from you know way way back in our history. Uh, pointing to, uh, you know, uh, highlighting this kind of visionary thought, if if nothing else, right? Um, yeah, I think which is why, uh, you know, Alok's piece like was super interesting to me when I, and I mean, coincidentally, it, it showed up this morning and, and I thought to myself, wow, well, you know, could not have been better timing. Um, but, you know, the concept of what he says, Dharmic fiction, where it's, it's sort of a, um, you know, a, a really interesting way to, to reintroduce, um, you know, the fact that we have that history and the depth of culture. Uh, which is not something... Oh, I mean, actually, it has been always there, uh, Chirag, but uh, only thing is English literature and popular English literature is realizing it, uh, you know, in the last decade or so. Uh, in the regional literature, it uh, existed and it existed even, you know, in its all its glory. So uh, so that's something. So it's good. good. Yeah, exactly. It's a, of course, absolutely positive. And I, I'm, I'm super glad as well that a very simple example I know. But I mean, I grew up reading like Enid Blyton, right? I didn't grow up reading any of this, exactly. unfortunately. Exactly. And, and even, um, you know, whatever... Um, Whatever direction I took uh, from a from a religious or a cultural standpoint, I mean, it came way later and it came out of, uh, you know, I mean, my, my parents wanting to introduce me to it, uh, but I, I don't think we had that much access and that much freedom. The ease of reaching these texts, especially the regional language ones, um, especially when you're living in cities and things like that is not is not as easy. Actually, what happened, I mean, you know, this is my uh, limited observation, but uh, uh the early English literature, uh, which was delving into this topic, uh, it was, I think, uh, the oldest writers in English literature I can remember would be Maharshi Aurobindo and uh, Swami Vivekananda. And they happened to be, you know, philosophers par excellence. And, uh, you know, the next generation, we would have, uh, you know, expected, you know, some writers who delved into the adventure and romance part of it. But uh, unfortunately, you know, that uh, the next generation, I think, went uh, the other side or, uh, you know, they, they failed to grasp it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Sure. Marvel yeah. and uh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So now it's happening. So I think we should all be really happy about it. And I mean, it's, I think it's a it's a decent segue. But uh, let's let's talk about the, the publishing side of it. Right. Because that's what we're discussing now in terms of, you know, the reach of these books and things like that. Um, what is it that made you? I mean, because I know you've you've taken the self-publishing route. Uh, actually, okay, there's an experience that I'd like to recount. Uh, uh, you know, when uh, I was done uh, with the with a very early draft of Abhya, and uh, then you know when I started uh, looking for a publisher, the a typical route was to hire a literary agent, so and that uh, you know make him or her uh, you know. Uh, give him the responsibility of selling that manuscript to a publisher who'd take it. 
and there be uh, between the author and the literary agent there would be you know some kind of editorial feedback because the agent supposedly knows better about the market than the author knows uh, which sounds reasonable so th this particular agent i would not want to take his name but once he started giving me feedback and you know started mentoring me to rewrite the draft i discovered some time down the line that i was hating my own writing because it was you know it was not honest right it could maybe maybe it was fitting the market standards according to him but uh, you know i it wasn't just giving me the satisfaction of writing my own story so uh, i took a step back and uh, you know the, you know that was the end of our contract and uh, it actually kind of i stopped writing for i think almost some you know more than 14 15 months so in that was a period where i realized you know maybe you know he was pointing at some flaws which were actually there but finding a solution and rewriting was you know something which is totally my uh, journey to discover and i'd rather not listen to his solutions or anyone's solution so that was when i started uh, you know we shifted to london from india and uh, you know i finally got time to sit and write full time and uh, by the time i had made uh, you know friends with very good beta readers who used to read for me and uh, you know give me live feedback and all that helped and uh, you know that was okay painful uh, writers block of that one and half years but it worked well for the rewrite so that was when i uh, you know i was totally a bit disillusioned with the publishing world that you know uh, and i was feeling very very protective about the draft obviously yeah so that was when i you know hired an editor uh vrinda so and uh, the experience of working with vrinda was totally different different from my past experience because she totally understood the spirit of the story the spirit of the characters and the suggestions that she made actually improved the draft so that was when i you know my faith was uh, totally invested into self publishing so that you know it made me feel like yo i can hire a good editor and come up with a finished product which would be as good as traditionally published yeah and and not not having compulsions of you know the formal industry dictate for example as convert the story or lose the essence of the storyline exactly exactly but uh, you know hiring a professional editor is something which is a you know crucial journey whenever to someone taking the self publishing route because you know i know some writers who are super protective of their drafts and they even you know uh, don't take the editorial feedback that seriously which is uh, you know which proves to be tragic later but yeah i was fortunate to get a great editor so uh, to to some extent i think there are parallels that you can draw between uh, you know what used to be traditional columnists versus today well you know everybody's a blogger essentially but maybe democratization is not the right word but it's this sort of thing where now you know everybody has a voice and they can take that voice out faster and easier without the formal not just the writing process but even the editing process and all of that right so i think it's it's interesting in 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 some ways it's good right because obviously the formal industry does have its drawbacks right uh, uh, you know we we i've spoken on this on, on previous podcast as well where we we had a traditional the entire publishing industry but also the media and everything else where it was essentially you know few people pushing their you know it was a one way street of communication uh, which meant that yes and uh, you know uh, all my uh, keeping my other peeves about the industry aside they work uh, they work in their own uh, you know 
world of constraints chirag so you know it wouldn't be very fair to blame them for everything but uh, no no of course it's not. like you know yeah they get hundreds of manuscripts and then there are different forces pushing their own manuscripts with their own muscle power and uh, you know there are a lot of uh, factors that uh, come into you know uh, to uh, when you are an editor in a traditional publishing house and uh, but uh, being an author it's like you have your own journey planned out and you can't wait forever for something to happen right yeah precisely and i think like you said we will put the uh, you know our own peeves about the industry aside you know but we're talking purely in terms of you know what is what is purely the formal industry versus uh is sort of the informal industry as we say or 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 the self publishing side of things right where you can take something that you did and and share it with the world without not only the constraints and being one in a crowd of many many hundreds as you said hundreds of manuscripts going through somebody um and instead you have now something that's live and reachable and and directly connecting with the public and then if it works then that's awesome and obviously and and we'll talk about that in a few minutes but even then you know you might have some other publishers coming back and doing that i mean my own example and and if if i had to loosely categorize myself i would think of myself as a, as an independent publisher in a way of content right of some kind of content okay my content is audio versus say, written content or whatever but it's the same thing where where if i wanted to actually start this off within the formal industry i mean i would never i would never make it uh, or probably at least find it extremely difficult to do yes 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 and i think i have to con- congratulate you there I mean, you know there was <laughs> uh, appreciate it but uh, yeah but the, but i think it's it's super interesting and i think social media is is helping so much in this regard where you know not only has the internet helped put it out there but then things like social media and stuff have helped oh social media is the backbone of uh, you know it's really it's very crucial it's- exactly i think it's it's so it's so amazing that today you can not only raise your voice because i because i think you know sometimes when i when i look through my twitter feed or things like that there are moments and i'm sure you have them too right there are moments when you see this and you think you know is allowing everybody to have a voice really the best use of our time because you read things and you you want to pull somebody's hair out right like it's so <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you, there there are so many moments where we're like, uh, I don't know if everybody should have a loudspeaker, you know, or whatever. But but you know, but 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 just the ability to interact with, uh, you know, with I mean, you know, just anybody, um, I think is what's great, right? I mean, sure, yeah. that happens, and uh, you know, because maybe you know, we are finding a lot of uh, noise out there because everybody is discovering this marvelous world, and I think uh, with time, you know, the social. the whole you know market has its own way of evolving so it will filter out uh, the unreasonable voices and uh, you know we'll again find the better voices having louder speakers that's our hope so let's see <laughs> no but i think i think that uh, you know we we are in the evolution stage right where especially when we look yes. at social media we are still there's a lot of discovery going on yes there's a lot of noise and uh, we can make fun of that but but the truth is uh, there's some there's some serious value right as i mentioned your case yes. uh, where and and i want to talk a little bit more about that too the marketing side of things but uh, but you know where this allows people to interact with you you get feedback that i think would be so difficult yes. to get before i mean your feedback uh, and my own as well like was always limited to people i know my friends versus today where yes, where yes. i can i actually have um people who who hear something i say or or something i may tweet and and respond to it and then of course it's up to me yes. to decide what i want to do with that uh, that response but the fact that i can get it today so easily is is mind blowing 
uh i wouldn't say it that easily uh, chirag because uh, it's very crucial to uh, critical uh, to get uh, you know the relevant feedback from all the noise but yes you know there is a possibility of reach which is a big thing so let, let's uh, let's talk about the marketing thing because i know i know that's something i wanted to to ask you more about um, you know when you wrote a bio especially yep um, starting out your first book putting it out there you know how, how did you take it from there oh okay that's a interesting journey i mean you know i uh, never had a marketing plan in mind uh, you know the minute i hit the publish button right that was you know so many writers have this dream that you know the job gets over once they hit publish you know they can <laughs> and sales happen by miracle and that miracle doesn't happen right? yeah not not everything goes viral as we know as well yeah yes 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 and uh, the thing is uh, the good thing with books is that there is no uh, especially fiction work is that there's no uh, shelf life to it and you know the book has all life to sell it and uh, the whole uh, process is reaching out to readers and reaching out to relevant readers right so many uh, writers make this mistake of uh, overtly depending on their friends and family you know for the necessity necessary publicity and uh, they can't go more wrong of course you know we all have uh, you know, we are all very fortunate to have some friends who would uh, go to rooftops shouting about what we've done but uh, you know uh, it's uh, but that doesn't take us the requisite distance of course they are they are very crucial in every every writer's life or every publisher's life but uh, right way uh, you know there is no one right way but uh, what i'd say is uh, every writer should invest some time learning about social media and learning about how to reach that relevant readers right like you know there are there are many of these platforms uh, you know whatpad is one of them good of course good reads you know all of us know good reads uh, it's about building readership you know while you are building your con- content right that is something i discovered uh, in the last one and a half years and uh, you know blogging helped me and uh, presence on uh, twitter helped me and uh, that's something so uh, you start building these this these readers who value your content and who don't know you they they don't know you as a person uh, i think a lot of uh, you know friends as i call uh, you know who have marketed my books uh, i have not even met them in person till now that's really amazing but uh, there's a process of building that readership and uh, i think it's kind of unique for each person i mean you know twitter worked for me and uh, you know whatpad is working for me but uh, you know some for, for some people it's facebook for some people it's just ads and you know i know authors very successful authors who hate social media uh, you know who call that a waste of time but you know they yeah yeah they take to traditional uh, you know advertising and uh, uh, you know those uh, amazon ads and you know facebook ads and those kind of uh, methods but yeah each author i think each of these platforms has a pulse and uh, you know that has to match with the author's pulse as well so it's a it's a journey of discovery chirag i mean it, and to me like as you were describing that i mean it's it's not very different uh you know from from being say an entrepreneur or something you know you have a product and it it works the same way right you yeah, have to yeah it's so much like being an entrepreneur yes yes yeah exactly and you have to get it to the right people with the right message um and and then of course from there you can choose say for example traditional where it's one way communication you can take social media where it's sort of more interactive and you're kind of building your base as you go as you mentioned i mean you had 
you know, people market your books because that's that's the level of interaction they had with you. Having written a bhaya and and you know, essentially self-published it and, and self-marketed it. Would you have it a different way? Would you feel like if you had a you know more formal marketing plan or or something? Because I, I know you you've gone essentially the uh, very similar route with Avishi, right? No, there are parts of marketing that I started, uh, you know, outsourcing, if we can use that word, uh, about marketing Avishi. Uh, more like uh, because I, whatever I learned with Abhaya, now I know what to outsource. That is what, that's what I'd like to think. Yeah, I know what to outsource. It's not like every uh, marketing activity brings you uh, brings you so many sales. It's like, it, you know, some of it builds your profile, some of it gets people to talk about your book, some of it builds sales and, you know, it. everything has a long-term value, right? So uh, that's that's one thing. But uh, coming back to uh, your question about whether I would have liked it differently, I mean, frankly speaking, I don't know, Chirag, because reasonably we'd think that with the traditional publishing infrastructure, we'd get, uh, you know, greater exposure, which seems very much possible. Uh, but if, uh, you know, uh, there, there was one article by, uh, you know, India's top literary agent, uh, who who's Kanishka Gupta. Uh, he had an article uh, published on Scroll on why publishing houses are not able to market debutant books as much as they can market uh, the bestsellers, right? So in the show notes, like I'll, I'll link to it. So if anybody listening who wants to read, they can. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be useful. That's a very, uh, you know, in a way that uh, article, uh, you know, encourages self-publishing in my view, because the marketing techniques that they use for debutant authors are so non-innovative. I mean, you know, it needs some thought into how to get a new author, you know, out of the just, you know, the, the typical friends and family zone to the real uh, you know, in front of real readers. Looking at the techniques that, uh, you know, Kanishka had uh, summarized what publishers use, like, you know, some big launch parties, uh, you know, inviting some Bollywood uh, personalities. Yeah, of course, the crowds would come for the Bollywood personality and not for the book, and, you know. And another uh, data point, uh, you know, is that it's, uh, you know, it's the talk in the industry that Amazon, alone uh, it it distributes about 30 to 50% of the trade published literature the trade literature today yeah so given that we have to admit that the book discovery has moved online right rather than you know of course stores still play a good ro- a huge role but uh, you know it's it's moving online very steadily and constantly moving online and that is something we all need to realize and, uh, you know, to market a debutant author as against a best-selling author, the methods should differ and they should be highly innovative. And it's not with uh, making uh, making some, uh, you know, a trailer which looked like a Bollywood film or having some, you know, uh, launch gala with drinks and, you know, that money can be used um, much more effectively on Amazon ads or, you know, on the online discovery part. So that's uh, something with, uh, you know, I'm not yet convinced, though I, I'm sure, I mean, you know, there would be great professionals behind marketing, but, uh, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not fully convinced that traditional publishing houses, uh, you know, are well aware of how to market a 
debutant author i don't know i wish to be proven wrong but uh, you know i'd be happy to be proven wrong because but yeah i think something whatever they do i feel you know we can also do with greater efficiency perhaps <laughs> if we keep at it and you know as someone who you know as someone who has seen this a lot i mean i've seen so many debutant authors but i've seen so many authors uh, maybe not necessarily the best selling ones but people who've who have gone the traditional route and they're moving away from it and are preferring to either self publish or at least e publish uh, simply because they know that it's a, it's a, you know it's a new generation it's a new reach um, and it also gives them a little bit of as you mentioned you know it's about efficiency um, the amount of money and, and and you know could be used better in the at least the ones that are happy to adopt a sort of a modern approach to these things are 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 doing so exactly and even marketing is something that keeps evolving chirag because you know something that worked for say amish tripathi in 2008 will not work for an author debuting in 2018 right so yes that's something which needs constant innovation and uh, no i mean so i was looking at some stats right of course not not necessarily entirely official estimates but you know learned people's estimates or whatever but you know they they say that for example the ebook market is going to go almost three times i think the estimate is about 350 million by 2019 in in three years time they're expecting it to become 3x right so clearly there is a, it's a it's a huge market in the in the opening we all know what internet penetration is doing in india um you know in terms of a magnifying ability i mean for every 1 or 2% extra penetration we're we're talking about um, you know some x percentage of content delivery you know it's not just one on one to one kind of thing um so it's it's super interesting i mean I, we we discussed you me before as well about you know also we're talking about independent publishers um you have uh, yes and uh, there's another thing uh, now that you mentioned the industry figures uh, chirag from my own uh, studies again you know it's not a total industry figure as such but uh, going by sales of abhaya and in uh, i would say that uh, you know to uh, i published abhaya uh, it was end of 2015 and uh, maybe those november and december sales were to, you know totally family and friends uh, you know uh, so the real uh, readers started uh, buying it in 2016 and if i can recount the numbers i think uh by the first half of 2017 i had sold you know more than what i sold on to- you know in the whole in the whole of 2016 right okay that's uh, happening and uh, you know every month in 2017 i'm seeing uh, you know sustained rise increase and uh, you know that's uh, that's something that speaks about the penetration as well as uh, amazon uh, is becoming proactive with author outreach you know they are reaching out to us uh, for discount promotions you know to be mentioned in newsletters there are you know if you've uh, heard of uh, a success story of sundari venkatraman uh, you know that's that's some interesting case uh, all independent authors should study and you know she is somebody who uh, battled rejections for 13 years and now you know she's publishing on the platform with a great efficiency like you know uh, a book every month or every two months i mean you know i'm not totally aware of uh, the story but uh, it's it's something very inspiring right and with each added content the algorithms start favoring you right because again after releasing avishi which is my second book i'm seeing a lot of sales happen to uh, happening to abhaya so and you know with the third book 
with the fourth book i think there, there's something which uh, that's a time tested formula right with each uh, adding each content i think you would be seeing it in your own platform with you know with each interview there is you know there is there's an additional set of listeners yeah who go back to listen to all the episodes absolutely yeah yeah um no i think i think it's a, as a as a marketing concept um i think it's it's not been very different right i mean the the whole idea if you look at traditional marketing where it was about okay let me get another product out there and let me you know make people like me for this one and then the ones that like me for this one will probably go back and say oh here's another product by the same person and but i think what's all, uh, you know what's also really interesting is uh, what used to be again you know traditional publishers doing their thing has now become sort of uh, you know much more open you have because uh, you know um authors like you who have who have taken it to a different height right you guys have taken self publishing to a different level so that you have these independent publishers i mean uh, in indic book, book club comes to mind obviously because uh, uh you know they're doing such interesting work with um, with a lot of people i mean they've just recently you know announced their their commissions for um you know nupur sharma vivek agnihotri and so on and and one of the friends of our show dimple call who's now got a a print edition of the book that she self published a few months ago yes yes um so you know yes. this stuff is is very heartening to see oh very heartening and uh, indic book club if i can mention is really growing uh, you know very well and uh, i'm so happy with the kind of peer support that exists within the group yeah so we uh, it's it's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of positivity generated within the author ecosystem right it means a lot when another author appreciates your book and shares their learning you know and uh, you know shares the right it's it's the whole uh, whole journey of writing and publishing you know goes a notch up when you are associated with you know experienced people of course indic book club has a lot of uh, best selling authors who lend their support and voice when needed and uh, you know that helps a lot yeah it's a, i mean to me they're they're a good example of you know the social media sort of collaborative effort that you see where you have people who have risen up and and done something so happy to share their experience back uh, and that allows more you know more and more uh, you know as you said debutant authors and and people who have these ideas who, who deserve a voice um you know and they're they're starting to get it more and more now oh yes yes and i hope you are following indic chat that happens every sunday uh, i am yes that's something uh, i guess i never miss given an opportunity because it's always pleasure it uh, listening to an uh, another author share their about their journey because you know you can relate so much to it and you can learn so much from it as as we started this this episode we were talking about sort of you know the the our traditional culture in the and and everything indic and indian that that we have i wouldn't say outright lost but you know that just sort of lost focus for for many many years where uh, as as i as i mentioned as well my own i mean the books i read as kids were all english literature they were foreign english literature right they weren't um as much that you could find easily or get your hands on as easily as well i mean it's a very different case to, um but but it's it's obviously very heartening to see that 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 it's it's growing and that you know as the next and the next generation comes out you know the stuff is going to be so easily available i mean me personally i mean i was when i was talking to dimple um a couple of weeks ago Uh, you know we were just sharing that yeah we you know we grew up in the generation where the smell of the pages in a book was was what mattered um you know and and so today even though i read so much online <laughs> yes, yes. i read so much of my content online 
um, yeah, I'm still happy. If you really gave me a choice, I would go and pick a book. Sure. But, but you know, it's obviously with time, I'm, I'm getting more and more used to it. Uh, but the next generation isn't, doesn't have that hang up that probably I do where, uh, you know, they're not even thinking twice about it. They're, for them, having an ebook makes life easy and just, you know. Oh, you'd be surprised to know that a couple of readers, uh, uh, Abhaya and Avishi had got their uh, septuagenarians and octogenarians who have read Kindle editions. I think I remember another author uh, who said, you know, she taps at the end of the paperback pages also hoping that they Yeah, exactly, them. right? So, so it is changing. It is changing fast, really. I mean... Uh, you know, the amount, like I said, the amount of content I myself consume online today, I mean, I, I think of it as a slightly unfortunate fact, but, but it is a bit because it's saddening to me, perhaps because of my history and, and how much I used to read books that, you know, everything is now inside my iPad or inside a, you know, a device, but, but it's the truth. It is, I think 99% of the content I read today is, is online. Yeah, it's online and uh, nothing to feel sad about it, Chirag, because, you know, it's, uh, we know that, uh, you know, beautiful content is available for more, uh, to more people rather than, you know, being restricted, uh, you know, in a physical form. And of course, you know, physical books have their own charm and there's no denying it at all. But it's something like uh, where uh, it's like, uh, okay, you know, to recount an, another experience, I was looking for... Uh, you know, the reference material when I was, you know, writing Avishi. And there were a lot of books that I missed being in London. You know, I had to get them shipped from India or ask, for a, uh, ask a friend to get them just because the online editions were not available. And, you know, it, life would have been so easy uh, if the Kindle editions were available. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they define better reach. Yeah. No, no, different, better reach. I think there are some, obviously, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit away from our, our indie conversation per se, but I'm going to, I'm just going to throw in Game of Thrones in here because it's a good example for me. But, but, you know, um, I mean, I have friends that have read the books and, and today I have the ebook and the ebook gives me something that the traditional book cannot do. It gives me interactive maps. It gives me like, I can click and, you know, read reference points and all this other stuff. And so, there's there's exactly. no doubt i mean that, that this is this is the future there's so much more that can be done compared to a traditional book you know you're not sitting and flipping pages back and forth to like backtrack you know where you read something everything is just hyperlinked i mean there's uh, you know uh, me feeling sad oh, was, exactly yeah. and uh, from a yeah from an author's point of view that's something which is uh, uh, you know which gives the real uh, you know real time feedback not exactly real time feedback but uh, you know because I also have, uh, you know, Abhaya and Avishi on my Kindle. Uh, I get updates about what is being highlighted by readers. And that's a unique oh, feedback you yeah. get from. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And, uh, you know, I exactly know what my readers, you know, like and they like to highlight and remember and quote. Right. That is something which was not possible in the, you know, in the era of uh, uh, you know, printed editions. Of course, nothing against print editions. No, no, yeah, and same for me as well. I mean, I, me feeling sad is more just like I said. It's it's sort of my hang up more than anything else, right? It's my Nostalgic, it's my right? nostalgia exactly. <laughs> that oh man, you know, we're not gonna see yeah, it's yeah, maybe yeah. five or ten years down the road. I mean, it, although it's already happening, but you know, five or ten years on the you won't even see the print edition of a certain book that you really want. You you know, you you won't get it because it's going to be and as is true already of books in your books as well where it's 100% online right there there is no print edition um so it's more it's more personal nostalgia of man you know i wish i could like hold the book but but i think 
there's no doubt that it opens up a totally different world. So we were talking about independent publishing and self-publishing and things like that. Um, what would you say to someone that is listening in today, either has an idea or has some draft of an idea, um, you know, and wants to, you know, wants to become an author? Okay. And uh, what I would uh, like to say from my, uh, you know, experience of publishing two books, you know, well into writing my third book, is that uh, an author, the career uh, as an author is not made with one book. So I think, you know, every writer or aspiring writer should have a plan for the next decade or so either, you know, either along with a day job or giving up, taking a sabbatical or, you know, whatever they can uh, you know the they find suitable to themselves but the career as an author or or, a, or a, as a writer it is a long term one uh, so don't expect miracles to happen around your first book but as you keep adding content things will work out beautifully so uh, as for an independent writer or you know self published writer i'd say have a publishing plan or you know as uh, you know um, one of my favorite authors uh, in US, uh, Susan K. Quinn. She's also a very successful independent author. So what she uh, advises is to have a five-year plan for your publishing, right? So, uh, you know, I'd, I strongly encourage everybody to have a long-term plan when they want to publish each of their stories in whatever format and stick to it. Of course, you know, some miracles can happen, you know, a traditional publishing contract can happen, a lot of things can happen. And of course, another thing is don't romanticize uh, self-publishing as something revolutionary or something against the traditional industry, because, you know, we've grown up reading great books from the traditional industry. It's not like, you know, something we are fighting against, but this is something where we are finding our own journey, our own, uh, uh, you know. Uh, we are carving our own career, so we have a lot to be proud of. So keep writing, keep selling, keep learning. And the journey is exciting. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I think we. I mean, I know we touched on this already, but as you as you mentioned, it's almost like being an entrepreneur, right? It's it's important to have, and and your advice actually sort of mirrors that perfectly, right? It's important to have a plan. It's important to think five years or maybe ten years down the road, kind of stick to it as much as you can. Um, so I think that's that's super interesting that. Uh, uh, very successful authors from the West. Uh, the one common thing that comes across is they have a constant, uh, you know, they, they, they have a very regular publishing plan. Like Rachel Abbott, she publishes her book every February, if I'm, you know. And, you know, Lakshmi Hariharan is somebody who publishes, uh, you know, three novellas every year and, uh, you know, Every three months or four months, she has her publishing, you know, she has a new book out, a smaller book, not a full-length novel, of course. So, And Sundari Venkatraman, I think she publishes a book every two months, uh, depending upon the genre, depending upon uh, the style of writing, you know, the nature of your readers. I think there is, uh, you know, there's some uh, some optimum time gap between the two every two books that we write and uh, you know once we are in the groove we discover all those things and you know we should be sticking to our schedule Excellent. um any any other thoughts something we didn't touch on or thanks for all the questions they were really thought provoking and uh, i'm glad i could share what what all i have uh, learned in this you know in the journey of two years as being an independent author and uh, you know if i can uh, end it on a 
self promotional note so listeners please uh, please uh, download avishi and abhaya and there is a, a discount promotion going on abhaya kindle edition it's uh, available at a 75% off uh, discount at just 24 bucks excellent i will uh, i will <laughs> I will of course have a, I will of course have a link to both your books um, in the show notes so it, to make it easy for for someone who's listening in uh, thank you so much Esther. I mean really appreciate you sharing your insights I hope uh, you know somewhere someone listening to this uh, maybe even if not today but in the future will will take something out of it that's awesome oh I'd be really glad to uh, you know uh, contribute to the journey of any other independent authors or even traditional authors chirag so thank you for the opportunity i really enjoyed interacting with you uh can you please share us uh, your twitter handle how do people follow you i tweet uh, at the rate of sai underscore swarupa and uh, yeah and there's my i have a facebook page it's author sai swarupa Uh, and of course uh, to all the listeners if you guys have questions topic suggestions sponsors whatever it is that you might want to reach us out for you know you can get us on at ikdrishti or you can also email us talk at ikdrishti.in uh, thank you so much again sai sarupa thank you so much chirag and i'll also be looking forward to the future epi- episodes of ikdrishti and i think it's a really interesting initiative what you've done so all the best for the future thank you thank you so much 